0: Bring 'em out, bring 'em out, bring 'em out, bring 'em out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. Woo! Bring 'em out, bring them out Bring
1: 'em out, bring out. Bring em out, bring them out. Bring em out a football fiend, the championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment, rolling real, cause it's all in the game. To us, you know around the city doing it better than this. Just say, look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the or Cowboy, Cowboy. the Titans, the Chickens. <laughs> USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come uh-uh. uh-uh. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome
0: to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new Fantasy Football Podcast on the air The Fantasy Football Feed Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me. Holla at the people, bro. Joe? What's going on, Fantasy Feed family? Yo, we got a great show in store for you today. It'll be a little bit of an abbreviated show. I'm a little bit under the weather myself. Having another bout with COVID. This uh, (laughs) this thing is really getting on my nerves Um, uh, per per what they say you have to do to get it. Like I I have it per per the CDC and I ain't been in nobody's face like that for 15 to 30 minutes at a time. Nobody else in the family got it. Thank God. But man, it's uh, one of those things. Uh, Vander got stuff going on his way as well. So but we did. Definitely want to make sure that we got a little bit of information out to you about Championship Week to make sure that you guys know where the pivots are, that you're confident in the guys that got you here. And um, we'll get you back to your evening, but news and notes, week 16 preview. If you're looking for us on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend family Facebook group, if you need to get any info to us, Fiend at Gmail for promos and advertising. Now, let's go ahead and get right into your news
1: and now your fantasy news
0: all right let's hop right into your news again fantasy football fiends i do apologize if anything seems a little choppy or um a little bit out of sorts this brain fog is real um if you've had COVID before i know you know exactly what i'm talking about so bear with us we'll make sure we get you through the week biggest news right now well actually it isn't the biggest news but it's the news that um probably is the most far-reaching going into next year right now the scuttlebutt is that sean payton is putting together an all-star coaching team and a secret that isn't being very well kept right now is that payton may be on his way back to new orleans with tom brady coming along with him have you heard about this what's your opinion on this
1: this is real news in regards to him assembling the team. And I, I think, honestly, you start with somebody like Fangio. I think it's a good departure for where he's went past as far as defensive coordinators. And we already know like he has so many connections in football. This is a good look, man. This, this is a really good look. And we're all curious what team would he want to go to. And we've seen a lot of top head coaches take a year from football, and they come back. Seeing everything from abroad, how these new offenses operate, and they bring something new, I think it's going to invigorate play calling.
0: I could see him going back to New Orleans just because if he went anywhere else, they would have to give up some type of compensation. Now, whether it's a draft pick player, that they, they New Orleans would literally be trading him to somewhere else. He's still in the contract with New Orleans. And if I'm him and I'm going into the second iteration of of, of my coaching, um, I don't know that I want to attach it to somebody that has a couple of years left like where his current peak is. Like I, I don't mm. know that I would want to do that, especially if Let's say a Los Angeles Chargers type job is available or let's say, hell, they may decide that, you know, the coaches up there in Chicago didn't do too bad. But if we can get a Sean Payton, you know, m- m- maybe we do that. Carolina is another place that he could go. Right. I don't know if he would want to go. I mean, there, there's a few destinations. He named Dallas, the Chargers, and it was one other team that he put on. the I think I think it was. Ah, I can't remember who, who the third team was, but. It was a long shot for that team. That's what. But Dallas and the Chargers are the two that kind of stood out. And then New Orleans was like going back home was the other option. Which one do you think puts him in the best situation?
1: I think, honestly, going back to the Chargers. I wanted to have said, too, like we saw Andy Reid, who's been in this this game for a long time, kind of have fizzled out with the Eagles, you know, after doing a tremendous job there. And then he goes to Kansas City and have a second win. I think similar, too, we can see uh, Andy go to the place you just mentioned, one of those teams, the Chargers. And we had this debate um, off air quite a bit. The Chargers give him a new, I think, some of these teams in positions to win aren't going to worry about giving up a draft pick to get this guy. They're, they're They already got the team. They already got the capital in other areas They just need the coach to bring it all home and I think for Brandon Staley, uh, Doing a subpar job with the Chargers who better Joe Lamb is already there like we already discussed off air You got a nucleus right there that ready to go. You don't got to change nothing You can just plug and play almost I think that that's that team is ready to win and I think Carolina, second part to you to what you're saying they have the defense they've already have they have the draft capital you talk about an opportunity to kind of reinvent the wheel if he had wanted to change philosophy or whatever he's done in in his time someone like Vangio to kind of you know I know Wilkes done a great job everybody like Wilkes, but you're not going to kind of skip a beat with somebody philosophically on defense who has the same you know type of defense
0: it makes sense um, and and I think that'll that sh- that domino will fall kind of towards the Early part of the off because they're gonna want to kind of get everything else together that they won't want to have a team that's in limbo not knowing. And the Broncos may be throwing their hat in the ring, which may be why they went ahead and got rid of their coaches early, so maybe they can start interviewing before other people can start. But we'll see how that goes. Um, other big news this week: Tua Tonga has been diagnosed with yet a third concussion. Now, just to give you of a range of where this stands no other nfl player has been diagnosed with three concussions in one season and to be clear this is just december the season isn't over this may be one of those instances where the nfl kind of has to guard its own shield if you will i I don't know if we'll see two again this year And in all honesty, depending on what happens the beginning of the next year, he may be one concussion away from them saying, hey, you're a liability at this point, regardless of your talent, because if you get hit one more time and end up a vegetable, you're going to be the poster child for a billion dollar lawsuit. We may be getting to the point where Tua's health may cost him permanently.
1: So with two, I definitely agree. I mean, like, again, this is another situation where this is one too many concussions in one season. And I think it's been a huge malpractice. You fired the guy from the first time. What's right, the excuse that now? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's and, excuse and nobody now? even
0: knew. Nobody knew. Like, he, he reported it himself on, on Monday that he had symptoms. And when they showed the hit that he took, he don't know how to get hit. He don't know how to fall. Like, he literally gets tackled and falls straight down and hits the ground with his face. Like, he, mm-hmm. like his, his head hits the ground first. And it's like he, he don't know how to, like, brace himself or whatever. But that was scary, man. Like, like, he may have already caused irreparable damage to himself. Who knows?
1: They should have shut him down after the second one, my personal opinion. I think, you know, like, when you mentioned Keekly – Uh, Having those concussions as well in that one span of the season. Shoot, Joe Burrows even said going back to college that he suffered concussions Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. You know, something like this, you just got to—I think—got to save somebody from themselves because obviously the protocols in place weren't helping them. Miami's not helping them as an organization. And like you said this kid—he his head is like a, a basketball at this point on the field. They just—it's just bouncing left and right off the damn turf, man. It's, it's, they gotta get—they gotta save him from himself.
0: Derek Carr is going to be stepping away from the Raiders. It looks like that band aid has been ripped off. Um, He's going to be stepping away for the remainder of the regular season to avoid being a distraction to the team who is going to be starting Jarrett Stedham to verify what they have in the young QB. This one I think is pretty clear. This is a play for McDaniels to keep his job. Basically, I I think what's going on is this is one of those, if I can show you with, quote unquote, a lesser talent that my offense works, then I'm also showing you that it was him, not me. And if I can't show you that, then whatever decision you're making in the offseason is on you. But I think that's kind of, he's trying to save his job right now by showing that Carr just couldn't get the offense. And it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, they've had some significant pieces out all year, so I don't exactly know what the expectation was year one with this offense, with so many valuable pieces missing. But I mean, they're just outside. They're still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs just yet. This is the decision that has been made.
1: Yeah, that's one I definitely don't agree with. Um, And I and I saw I saw it on Twitter too. Somebody had on his jersey scapegoat, and that's exactly what this is. I think, like to your point, they're still in playoff contention. When you go, you know, when you want to sit here and sit, you know, your starting quarterback for the last two games, and you're still in playoff contention, it it makes me feel like you're you're playing for next year. Uh, Something I also found out, you know, uh, from watching is the news clip of Jacobs. Jacobs was infuriated. We're talking about a guy who's one of the more poised and collective uh, young men in the game, and who's been there with this organization since being drafted uh, from Bama. He was using all type of curse bombs, talking about he don't even want to play there and everything like that. And I think it might be a guard of the locker room, like you know what I mean. If you got somebody speaking out yeah. to that degree, this leaves a lot of trade discussions, man. This is gonna be talking about for, for a while, real.
0: Because you got to think about it. Adams also spoke up and said, basically, you taking away the main reason that brought me here. Here's the thing: when you're a superstar, it doesn't matter if you just signed the contract yesterday or well, if you've been there for years, if something happens and you want to be gone, they'll figure out a way to get you going. So That's right. This, this is going to be a very uh, intriguing offseason for the Raiders. Jalen Hurts was a non-participant in Wednesday. It looks like he may not go this week yet again. They only have to win one more game to have home field advantage throughout. I guess the thing that people aren't really accounting for is a team would rather have a healthy quarterback than home field advantage. So it could end up meaning that he's out until the postseason. Who knows? Or maybe they just give him the week eighteen as a, as a warm up or whatever the case may be. But how do you feel about Hertz? Do you think he's going to end up going this week, or do you think that it's a hard pivot? It's a hard
1: pivot, and I think this is the good thing is that. That's not to say they have it in hand, the division, because this is real close. The Cowboys having a resurgence as well. But the thing is, you rather have him fully as close to healthy going into the playoffs than you to risk his short term for an implausible game. Because Lord forbid he gets tackled with his play style and what they ask him to do offensively. This is a setback for this team. So I think they're going to definitely rest him and evaluate him. He wants to play from all sides. It seems like he might be a week away from playing, if anything else. I think he plays more likely next week than this week.
0: Talk about another team that is in flux. Coach Cliff Kingsbury said on Wednesday that Colt McCoy has clear concussion protocols, so they do have their backup back in as their starter, but this is another team where the coach is indicating that he may just choose to go a different direction at the end of the season. I know he just got re-signed along with the GM, along with the quarterback, but uh, Kingsbury may decide that, uh, or it may be a mutual decision that the team and coach want to go separate ways, especially while there are some college gigs out there that may be appealing to him, I don't know that his offense isn't better suited for college anyway. And you take the money that you know, whatever you get, walking away early, and you know, go ahead and make your money and make your bones again in college. And you know, with there being a twelve-team playoff now, maybe you get back into you know the Pac-12, you know, one one of those schools or somewhere and you you're right back in the game as far as hunting for you know championships on a I guess a more even playing field if you will
1: it's like chip kelly to me it's chip kelly 2.0 right exactly yep where it's like hey this is great what you did in college you put up 50 points in college but in the NFL it only takes one season for them to figure out what you're doing and i think his plays is redundant I think his players are the concepts. The defense make these, they don't even got to make adjustments. They just talk one time, they look at the tablet, and then they see, no. I can see why Kyler Murray was going off on them now. Because, like, once, even when they're they doing something decent, like their plays are going well, the tempo of the offense is so, it's not, it's not fluent. It's not, you can tell the difference between, for example, like Sean, Sean McVay offense or offense that's more nuanced that has so many variations to it where it's complex, we see how it works. We see how, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you know what I'm saying, like we see these these offenses that are really broad and expanding do flourish. And these things are difficult. Whereas he has a, a small, simple concept, my personal opinion, and you can't even move up and down the field at will. And I think uh, that's really holding that team back. And like I said, you go in college and let that work. But in the NFL, what you're doing is not working. You have the weapons. You have the talent. I think it's you at the end of the day. I think, honestly, he needs to go back to college, honestly.
0: The commanders have named Carlson Wentz their starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Browns. This one was uh, kind of interesting to me because I didn't really see Wentz as being that much better of an option than Heineke. I don't I don't know if this is a, you know, last-ditch effort. Maybe the reason why you looked so bad when you went out last time was because of whatever reason. I don't know. But I thought the Wentz train had already left the station, and – um. The team was responding to Heineke, but they kind of fell into a little bit of an offensive lull, if you will. But they are dealing with injuries um, at the running back spot. Um, Antonio Gibson is still dealing with his foot and knee injury. You know, McKissick is out. He was the third down guy. They finally have their complement of wide receivers out there. So it's a possibility that we may see a resurgence of Dotson. But with this being championship week for most, I I don't know that I want to bank on it. But if there's like that last spot that you're trying to fill or we're looking at DFS, things of that nature, I would definitely pay attention to Jahan Dotson. Tony Pollard, is this is questionable for this Thursday's game? Um, I bring that up because um, it is the early game and he does have a thigh issue. There's no, um, there's no information out there as to the severity right now. So you kind of have to keep an eye on that. Hassan Haskins, the teammate of one Mr. Derrick Henry looks like he may be the one to get the run on Thursday's game against Dallas because of Derrick Henry's hip issue. And he's now deemed as being doubtful. Normally, when you're doubtful and it's a Wednesday, and you're talking about Thursday, that they might as well go ahead and designate you as being out. So I know a lot of people have kind of ridden that horse to this point so are you trusting Haskins at all or is that a hard pivot to whoever else you had as a backup
1: yeah it's gonna be a hard pivot Haskins is more of a scat back I think this is gonna be a close to a 45 55 that we're gonna get from that offense Henry honestly mitigated Willis being a rookie but I think now not being dependent on Willis you never had an offense under this rookie quarterback that can really
0: matriculate the,
1: the ball I would just look, like You said hard pivot. Go
0: to go to go to another team. Don't and touch anybody in any. this. Yeah, I feel you on that because now you don't have Henry to kind of you know hide the warps, if you will. So you gotta throw the ball with Willis. I can expect the Dallas defense might win you a championship this week.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but
0: just saying. You know because what do they have to? You don't have a stellar running back. If you try to pass the ball a lot, he's going to get intercepted at some point. He's he's just not there just yet. So that'll be interesting to see. Miles Sanders didn't participate in practice. He has a knee injury. Alvin Kamara didn't participate due to personal reasons. Um, so that's kind of interesting. We'll see how that goes. CMC has a knee injury listed as limited for Wednesday. Moving on to wide receivers, we do have Tyler Lockett, who is still dealing with that hand injury. He's not back quite yet. We'll kind of see how things go there. He's definitely one of those guys that, for your squad, you know, he was kind of the straw that stirred the Kool-Aid, if you will. Not quite looking as sharp without his services going across the middle there without just DK out there. I'm getting all the attention, so we'll see what Seattle does this week. Courtland Sutton, he has a hamstring issue, so he's still limited. Jerry Judy still limited with an ankle injury. Not a whole lot of other news. A.J. Brown limited by knee injury, but he's you know he should be good to go for the week. Amari Cooper didn't practice to start the week, hip issue but he doesn't look in doubt for the week. And to wrap it up, tight ends Kate Otten. He's dealing with a quad issue for Tampa Bay there. Johnu Smith is still in concussion protocol. He did not practice on Wednesday. Hunter Henry has a knee issue. Kylan Granson, the uh, young pup there for Indy, he didn't practice. um, And he has an ankle injury as well. Greg Dolchett's not practicing due to a hamstring injury. And that pretty much wraps it up for your news Let's go right ahead and hop into Week 70's preview. All right, good people. Let's go through your week 17 preview. This is, like I said, championship week for most or semi if you did not move your championship week up to week 17 versus it being week 18, which will present (laughs) issues in and of itself. Um, There are going to be a lot of teams that are resting because their playoffs are what they are and There's nothing they can do to change them. That can kind of mess up your week 18 if that's where your championship ends up. But that's something that you'll kind of have to address in the offseason for next year. With a few of these matchups, we probably don't get that deep into them. It's simply going to be start your studs and keep it moving. With a couple of these matchups, you're going to have to find pivots. And we'll discuss those reasons that you will have to find a pivot from your stud on set team. You got Dallas going up against Tennessee. Obviously, with Henry out, we just spoke about pivoting away from Tennessee in general. As far as Dallas is concerned, is there anyone that you aren't starting that you normally would start on any given week or is it pretty much start your Dallas players as normal?
1: I mean, you start everybody with the Cowboys. On the Tennessee side, I think that whole offense is going to be dismal. Like, it's a complete fade. Maybe Chig, I guess, but then, again, with the rookie quarterback, I feel like Tanne- uh, Tannehill was really the one that kind of made him stand out a lot more. You just got to fade everybody, even Chig at this point. I don't think it's going to be that great of a performance.
0: Arizona's going to be going up against Atlanta. In this one, Um, I, I don't see a reason – to not start anyone who you're dependent upon, but I don't see a reason to run to anyone either. Allegier if you're in a pinch, Hopkins, Cote McCoy normally peppers him with targets. And, and I think Cote McCoy will be a little bit Better behind the helm, if you will, than McSorley was. But what do you got on that
1: one? I'm just not a fan of Hopkins in this matchup. With the offense being what it is, uh, where it currently stands, he's just not going to be a, a focus in this offense, which you'd like to see. You've seen Sorley kind of spread the ball around to a little bit of everybody. He even got Greg Dortch uh, involved a lot. I see a lot of the same happen. That I wouldn't be surprised if even Robbie Anderson catches a few passes. James Conner is going to be James Conner. I think, you know, we've seen him run an abundantly. Even more abundantly as of late, and also got involved in a passing game. So I don't think this be the week to stop to start hot.
0: Fresh off the press, I just got a alert saying Dylan Dennis Allen's job is safe. New Orleans might not be too happy with Sean Payton right now. Um, looks like they're willing to let him go. Um, they're basically saying, you know, if it's not for all the injuries, we'd have been just fine with Dennis Allen. It looks like Sean. I, I really feel like he's going to end up being the, the head coach for the Chargers. They got everything that you need there, um, especially the the young pup at quarterback to build around. Now, granted, he's going to be going into a new contract, so that'll kind of you know push the money around a little bit. But Sean Payton may not have all the options that we think he has. So. It might come down to the Chargers or the Broncos. We'll see how that goes, though. Chicago's going up against Detroit. Honestly. I don't see myself sitting anyone who I need to start. Fields is your QB, you start them. If you've been starting golf, if you've been starting um, you know, St. Brown, any of those guys, uh, this isn't a matchup where I would shy away from anyone. It has one of the higher over-unders of the week at 52 points. I definitely – Start my guys in this matchup.
1: Exactly. This this is this is gonna be like you said, short and sweet. Start everybody. I think this got a just shootout potential. If you need to reach for somebody, I think out of all the receivers on the Bears, Brown is say Brown is like one of the ones I like. We've seen them. Ha- it's like he, he's the one of the one of size and stature. We've seen time and time again on these big plays, it's usually Brown coming down with these catches. So if you need a pivot for as far as receiver or even a defense play, that'd be him.
0: And I love Cole committing that matchup as well. Oh. yeah, definitely. That's Vegas guy. Yeah, um, Jacksonville going up against Houston. Start your Jacksonville guys. Start Zay Jones, start Lawrence, ETN. And if you made it to the championship starting anyone in Houston every week, God bless you. Maybe that's your uh, good luck charm or something. (laughs) I don't see anybody with Houston that I want to even think about putting out there. Uh, Denver versus Kansas City. This is another one of those. You start the guys that have gotten you there. Start your Kansas City guys. There's nobody in Denver that I want to start. Do you see anything differently on that
1: one? No, I agree. It, it's it's nothing much there in the offense. You got to start everyone with Kansas City. And I just think the implosion continues. But I will say Sutton played really well last week. And I think if anyone you, you want to take a flyer on, you can definitely start him with a little more confidence. Uh, he got a lot of targets this week coming back uh
0: from injury. Miami going up against New England. This is going to be one of those games where we'll have to kind of wait and see. I I don't think that Miami's going to put up very many points against New England with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback so I can see this game end up being kind of one of those knockdown drag out but i see new england coming through in the end you can't not start tyreek you can't not start waddle but you gotta really temper your expectations there are going to be some guys on your bench that may be very close that that you'll be tempted to start over them this this is one of the more important pivots in my opinion that i may actually start a deandre hopkins over a waddle Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at the numbers when Bridgewater was in last. He can't first he he can't support two wide receivers. <coughs> and Wilder true. wasn't Backs. his guy. So if Tyreek Hill is his guy, and they lean on the running game more, so that they don't have to play into New England's hand. I could see that ended up being a subpar game for a whole lot of people. Right. Now, if everything goes right down the middle, that means neither Waddle nor Hill had a good game. So, again, I'm looking at pivoting from the Miami guys, not because of their talent, but because of the quarterback that's going to be throwing in the ball. Teddy Bridgewater has never impressed upon me as being one of those guys that can get the ball downfield. and He'll have a okay. good game here, good game there, but they're going to lean on the running game more this week. They have to.
1: No facts, no. I'm glad you pointed out. It's so boom or bust with with Teddy because, like you said, we've seen him play. We've seen what that looks like. If you have no other options you know you don't have any viable wide receiver twos then I would still say to start him but to your point it's not it's one of those games where you know what I mean you got to start your studs like we've been saying the past few weeks but this is uh you know Teddy because we've seen Teddy like you said dip and dunk with waddle that one that you know one time that one game we saw this season but we know with both these plays it only takes one play but don't risk one play when you got a solid number two receiver or somebody that you can find uh, starting because of injury on a team that's going to be in a good
0: matchup Indy going up against the Giants I don't really like this game (laughs) I don't want to start anybody in this game Indy's defense is good enough to stymie Saquon and and Daniel Jones without Jonathan Taylor we thought Deion Jackson may be the guy to step up looks like that might be Moss, but I'm not about to trust him in my championship game unless we're talking about like you know a tail end flex spot or something like that I I don't like this game at all
1: Nah, man, I'm, I'm with you on this game. It's just weird because, uh, and even Deion Jackson, they, we didn't know going into the game that he got an altercation with uh, Jeff Saturday.
0: Oh, three no, yeah, they, I did not. Yeah, know they that.
1: got. Into, you know, I like to bet. You know what I mean? I didn't play as prop, but that's what the news came out like, like a half an hour before a game, or like a half an hour in the game that him and Jeff Saturday got into a verbal spat with one another, and that led to him only getting that burn during the third quarter. And I think rightfully mm. so. We've seen him play when with no Jonathan Taylor to a good role. You know what I mean? He did really well catching the ball in the backfield. He looked like he had an uh, understanding of the offense. So he was surprised. His role was diminished, and he spoke out about it, apparently. and He got benched. But Zach Moss did pretty decent last week. So, it's, like you said, tough backfield.
0: Uh, you got New Orleans going up against Philly. Philly showed me last week that uh, even without Hurts, you you start your guys. New Orleans is is a, a better defense than most people give them credit for, and that is Dennis Allen's calling card. But I don't really think I want to start anybody in New Orleans. Um, Philly's defense is still the truth, even though they had quite a bit of points put up on them. I need people to understand that that really wasn't on the defense. You had Minshew have four turnovers, three interceptions, one fumble. Twenty of those Points were scored off of those turnovers, which is to say that half of the points scored, it wasn't on the defense. That makes sense. So, you know, that's just something you want to keep in mind. Carolina's going to be going up against Tampa Bay. I don't want to start anybody in this game. I don't like this game either. What you got on that one?
1: A tale of, of, like you said, people that we don't want to start and also two teams that know each other. It's really tough. Very well.
0: Yeah, we, definitely.
1: You want to say Mike Evans, and then it's like, well, we don't know when Mike Evans to have a Mike Evans game anymore. You want to say good one, but then again, you're going against Carolina, who has a great secondary, which leaves you with Leonard Fournette, and Rashad White. But then again, do you want to take a flyer? I mean, like I said, if you have nobody, that's yeah, one of the things. If you got to start them, you got to kind of things. Uh, I would view White more of a flex, and then Leonard is the running, you know, RB two this week because just don't know. He just catches so many passes. You know, with with him not ta- targeting the receivers, we think he would we seen these running backs getting five, six catches easy out of the backfield. Both of them getting that many catches.
0: Cleveland going up against the Commanders. Another game that I don't want to touch. <laughs> I know it sounds like a, a broken record, but man, I really feel like some people are going to win championships this week, scoring just over 100 points in fantasy. This is going to be a low-scoring week for facts, fantasy. Facts. And, and it, it's going to be one of those weeks where your floor is actually more important than your ceiling. Because that person that's projected to outscore you may have several letdowns. And all the only thing you got to do is be steady, Eddie, and get your actual projection. So that, that's something else to kind of look at um, as far as strategy is concerned. But Cleveland versus Washington, I really don't. I, there's no one that I'm standing on and saying, hey, you got to look at this guy, DFS Jahan Dotson is somebody that I'm definitely looking at. Outside of that, you know, you got to start Chubb. There's nobody else that I would say is a must start. I do like Scary Terry in this one, but again, two great defenses. San Fran going up against Las Vegas. I love San Francisco's defense. CMC. Vegas, I I don't know what to expect in this game. They may rally together or they may only score 10 points in this game. How you feel about that matchup?
1: I don't know what the Raiders decided to do, benching. I think they won hope of winning and not even winning, but having a, a competing chance as far as a playoff chance. 49ers is going to attack this defense to oblivion. And I want to, I want them looking up the cornerback's uh, name right now. But they got a little stud, low-key, right there in uh, San Francisco. One of their uh, cornerbacks is playing at a really good clip. Trevance Ch- uh, Charves- Ward, who used to play with the Chiefs.
0: He's been oh, yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. It's the scheme. It's the fit. He's a good fit.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying it's enough to stop Devontae Adams. I would never say that. Nobody's going to say that. But when you look at the defensive line that they have and the presence they have and what, what the you know D'Amico Ryans have them doing, I think you contain someone like a Devontae Adams and that's scary cuz you know i think he can still have close to 100 yards but you know, not have enough productivity to win you a week in fantasy, if that makes sense. And I think that's something you kind of have to temper your expectations for on offense. And then with Jacobs, I think they're gonna, you have to sell out to stop a guy of his caliber, and you also got to be aware of where Devontae Adams is. And I think those opportunities are going to fall to maybe a Renfro or a Waller. They're going to make those guys beat him, but then again, how can you do that with Fred Warner in the middle? So it's, it's a scary matchup for your Raiders uh, if you have them on your team this week.
0: Just a few more matchups to get through. We have the Jets going up against Seattle. Mike White is back, so maybe we see a little bit more of the Jets that we saw previously. I tell you who I do like in this game. Zonovan Knight is a sneaky DFS play. Seattle's run defense has been subpar. If Mike White really gets that pass game going, I can see them kind of relenting, and we'll get a little bit more of what we've seen in previous weeks from Seattle. All, and also Seattle has been, I want to say they've been eliminated from playoff contention. Um, so this is going to kind of be one of those games where there's not really a whole lot to to gain from it. Not to say that they're not going to show up, but this would be a week where I could see a team deciding not to show up, if that makes sense.
1: That's the one weakness uh, that Seattle has this year is stopping the run, man. You we're pretty close to the middle of the pack, almost getting into the top 15 as far as passing, but... The run game is where it's at, So I love that Zion of the night play. I think that's something that people should get. You can run with confidence. I think he'll do really well on the field. Believe it or not, I like Garrett Wilson also in Cochran this this matchup as well. Too. This is going to be a game of back and forth, I think, in the earlier part of the game. But I think the Jets tuck him in before half Start t- you know, tucking them in before halftime.
0: Minnesota going up against Green Bay. I kind of like this game for Green Bay, believe it or not. And the reason that I like it is more than anything else, I've been looking at storylines more so than team performance. And the reason I say that is call me a conspiracy theorist, whatever you, okay, that's fine. But it's just been a lot of weird stuff happening this year where the storyline has seemed to be more important to the NFL than the talent on the field. And the referees are getting highly involved in some games and They're letting stuff go in others, but I just got a feeling that the NFL, for dollars' sake, is going to figure out a way for Tampa Bay and Green Bay to get into the playoffs, and all they got to do is win out. (laughs) All they got to do is win out. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. Watch for the hook. But I can see both Minnesota and Green Bay, both sides of the ball, putting up a decent amount of points in this one. It's definitely going to be close, and I see Green Bay pulling it out in the end. Los Angeles Rams are going to be going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, so it'll officially be a home game for the Chargers, but I don't really like this game. I think the Chargers can put up points, but I don't know that they will, if that makes sense. Um, it's just been really turvy this season for both Los Angeles teams, and I don't know that I, like. you know, if Herbert is your quarterback, obviously you got to start him. Kenan Allen or Williams is a flex for you or something like that. Cool. But obviously Eckler is the number one running back right now in in PPR for sure. So you definitely got to start him that there's no, you know, pivot away from that unless he's hurt. But something about this game just has, a it's it's just off to me. It's another one of those games where 80% of the public is on the Chargers. I told y'all whenever 80% of the public is on anything, you go the opposite way because the house rarely loses. So, you know, just saying.
1: Chargers don't know how to close out a game. I think that's what it is, whether it's defensive or offensively. We see it where, you know what I mean, teams are given an extra few possessions. So a positive side of this matchup is that there's no Aaron Donald, and they've um, already begun to list most of their uh, defensive players out for this week. So mm-hmm. something okay. more so than anything. I'm not saying that it's going to be... Eckler who benefits without an Aaron Donald, but we know that physical presence that what he can do to a pocket. We know that they don't have no problem making Herbert close though, you know, more than forty times a game. And I think it's the volume that kind of puts him in play and the receivers because Keenan Allen had almost 12 catches this past week in six and one almost close to five in one quarter, actually. I, I kinda I kinda like those guys with the charge. You have to start them, but then like so on the other side, like Yeah, you, you got gotta start
0: them I, I just feel I just feel kind of weird. about and, and Keenan Allen is normally one of those. If he's not hurt, you send him. You send him out there with confidence. I, I'm just not confident. So Pittsburgh going up against Baltimore. I don't like either offense in this one. Maybe give me JK Dobbins. That's about it. Yeah.
1: Dobbins is on its own, man. You look at the stats since he came back. He's second or, or first in most categories since returning back from health. You gotta run him out there, I guess, in this matchup. Like it's two teams that again, it's two teams that know each other too well. The Ravens secondary, they need to fire Peter. They need to get rid of Humphrey. They just gave him a bag. Everybody, they gave Marcus Williams. All of them are horrible. We, I thought you'd be scared of their secondary. Nope, you ain't got to be scared. Deontay, go ahead, and do your thing, brother. I see you, Pickens, do your thing. i, I fired all of the the, the Pittsburgh weapons. I, I'm not saying a con, like, Oh my God, they're gonna put up astronomical numbers. But this is not the same Ravens secondary that we, you know, that we thought they would be with all these names. Names don't matter. We we've seen that even last week in their matchups.
0: All i'ma tell you is 91 percent of the public is on pittsburgh do with that information what you will <laughs> <laughs> Lastly we have buffalo going up against cincinnati start your studs. That's I can really make that one plain simple short and sweet start to start everybody that's in this game
1: boom start your studs That's right at this point this matchup particularly. What else do we need to tell you in this championship matchup? Other than to, you know, the same thing we said in the past two episodes, and one of the rules that we had Vander uh, give out on the show, plays that got you there at this point,
0: and that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Next week we'll do kind of a, a fantasy recap, if you will, for the year, and then we will be flying into the off season. You know, a little bit of information on matchups and things of that nature, just in case a few of you do have week 18 matchups as far as championships are concerned. But we have pretty much made it through the fantasy season. I want you guys to go ahead and hit up the Facebook group and the Gmail account. Let us know how many of you have won hashtag Theme Championships. We want to see everyone that we have helped navigate through the year. Go ahead and get your bragging rights out there. You guys that were right there at the verge but this is one of the better seasons that you've had and you can definitely see the increase in your fantasy act we want to hear from you too exactly let's make sure that we continue to build in the off season which we we don't go anywhere we slow down just a little bit in the off season but we don't go away Uh, but we will be back to you on next week right, right around the same time for now we out